Hello? Bill Butler. Billy? Yes? Which is this? What you doing, bud? This is Mick Strong. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm just sitting here waiting for your phone call. Yes. And you know what? I called. That's pretty good. And I'm here. <laughs> are we on the air now, or are we just uh, chit-chatting? We're on. We're actually uh, all set up and ready to go. I would like to introduce you to somebody. This is Kurt Thomas. Well, hello there. I'm going to okay, call you Mr. Butler right now, unless you tell me otherwise. Hey, Kurt, that sounds really familiar. Your name, I probably know you, but uh, I live with my head in the sand. I so doubt you know me, me if I don't but, remember. you know, <laughs> you never know. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt actually <laughs> is my is my partner and... In, in in this little uh, this l- little podcast thing that we do. Yeah. Ah, I'm so excited about this. So tell me, uh, tell me about your show. Like, how many have you guys just started, or how's it? How is this? I've always wanted to do one. We always, you know, what we started about. Uh, we started in September, early September, yeah. I think. And we're already getting like a, right? a tons of downloads. A- and we've got like 800 downloads, and and basically what it is. Is uh, we we do a review that falls apart fairly soon, and then becomes me just rambling, and and and, and, <laughs> yeah, and, well, and Kurt and Kurt trying to put me back onto the track. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. turned into a half and half situation. Where yeah. we, we do a review and then then I let him ramble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me me and uh, me and Mike Deke started playing around with. Uh, we were doing uh, Bill and uh, wait, Mike and Billy's Drink and Driving, where we would. Uh, show movies that we had worked on and then we would talk about them while we got completely hammered yeah. and uh same thing same thing like we would go we would go completely off track and start talking about other things oh yeah we gotta get back to the movie we better get back to the movie. see that's a good idea the, the thing is is i've never needed to to get drunk in order to go off track i just go off track <laughs> <laughs> i just go off track yeah <laughs> Well, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, that's you know, I, I got to tell you something. I, I I have become such a fan of yours over the last couple of years because I have certain people that I um, I I'm constantly it, Rachel Talalay when <laughs> when my sister died four years ago. Rachel Talalay mm-hmm. said, you know, you should go in and and look at your legacy. And after I looked up what the word legacy meant. <laughs> <laughs> I I, she, I go well. I don't have a legacy. Are you kidding? She goes. You have no idea. You're a huge star. And, You're a and, huge star. And here's well, huge star. But the the weird thing is 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 then when I actually looked at the situation, I realized that I had some odd kind of touchstone kind of way of touching all the really weird, <laughs> correct films for the 80s, 90s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your work your work certainly shaped um, horror and certainly influenced tons of other uh, production designers, I'm sure. Well, you were like the main banana. This is, what, know, it, this is, this is what I found out, and, and I, I didn't, you know, I, I kind of, I only knew it on a one film at a time basis and you know how that is because when you're on a film you just have all these absolute intentions and then when it's done mm-hmm. the only intention you have is trying to get the next film yes of course <laughs> you know what i yes. mean <laughs> yes oh absolutely friday night where it's that Friday night where it's your last night of work is the worst night of your life. Right, like, exactly. Okay. It, it's like, uh, up Who am I going to fool next? Who am I going <laughs> to fool next into hiring me? 
that's that's you know? absolutely it. It's who am I? Who who can I like uh, dance in front of? <laughs> yeah. So I, I can, can make. Speaking of. Go ahead. Speaking of, uh, even on uh, Chainsaw Massacre, the the Letterface movie I did for New Line, I remember I was living with uh, Viggo Mortensen at the time, and I never thought in a million years I was going to get that film, and I ended up getting it. And I called my parents. I was like, "Well, I don't know how, but I fooled them again. I they <laughs> somehow think I know what I'm doing." <laughs> well, I just you know. That's I don't get it. That's you know what that's that's the 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 thing is is uh and these things in retrospect uh like at the time I kept thinking to myself I'm going to get on a real film eventually. You know. Right. <laughs> Instead of these Well, you were on some pretty major franchises. Well, so I I I were... I was, but the thing is is everybody that I knew at the time was doing uh things that was buying them houses like um Right, right, they, right. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, you know what I mean. I mean, you, you know, the thing is yeah. I was on Nightmare and all that, but let's face it, New Line Cinema was never known for overpaying anybody. Right, right, right. It, no, and, and I had not, a friend but... at the I had a friend at the at the beginning of that that had just gotten on Falcon Crest, and that guy bought a house right. in three months, right? <laughs> yeah, I remember um, Jim, who was the prop guy on Chainsaw Massacre, moved on to become like a, a union prop guy. He does like Mike and Maddie and all these. Like, he's right. completely loaded. Now. He's like right. a he's a multimillionaire see from the... being a prop guy. It's like you know if you make if you can if you can jump from one lily pad to the next and you have a plan, yeah. then you end up cashing out. But, if you're but, like me and you're a dork and you just say yes to everything that you love, then you know some of the lily pads fall down and some of them go up. <laughs> yeah, well, the, you and I are both the same in that respect. You know, I just kind of like, <laughs> at, at the end of the film, I, I, I would look around it and, and they would always come to me with, somebody would come to me with a film that was kind of horror and real big related, right? You know, it's right. Like we've got this, like in Mortal Kombat, we've got this really low budget, but we want to make it look like the world, right? And unfortunately, right, right. I was really good at that. <laughs> and I'm good, and I'm good at that too. And and it's a it's a it's a double edged sword, isn't it? Yeah, because totally. then what happens is that people keep calling you, not to sound bitter, which I am, but um, oh, oh, uh, people oh. keep calling you going, oh, well, we can hire them because we, they can make it look like a $25 million movie when it's only a couple million dollars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, oh, trust, it's true. trust me. You and, I, you and I have always been on the same track, and that's the weird thing that yeah. I've noticed about you after, the, after a couple years of seeing your posts and so forth. I've thought, you know uh -huh. what, i got to talk to Bill because he's got, the same story as I do. Both of us are kind of yeah. Renaissance people uh, in a yeah. in a business that does not respect Renaissance people. <laughs> Certainly not, and it's and it's worse than ever. But I will say this: it is just. Hang on, my dog is completely climbing on me. Get off! My dog's climbing on me. Um, we, we work in a business now where digital platforming is is actually now in need of product. So people like you and I now have a place again, thank God. It took five years for it to happen, but um, I now just make my own projects. I no longer go in and interview for you know with 23-year-olds that don't know what I've done or don't know what I can do. <laughs> I now just oh. go find the money and do it myself, and it's so much more 
so much more pleasurable than, um, than, you know, going into meetings where somebody, somebody says, you know, so what have you done? Well, that's, that's why I'm hanging in this. That's why I'm hanging in this dungeon with this, yeah, schmuck over he here. Complains about this all the time. Oh man, these <laughs> young you kids the, didn't understand you, me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God bless them. I think that's just fine. But, but I, I don't I love even the th- bother interacting anymore. I just do my own thing. I've I've managed to find a group of people that, um, again, who I fooled and who believe uh, that I know what I'm doing, and they're somehow funding you know small projects. And you know, if I can do a project where I can make something look bigger than I, than it is, than it should be, uh, for no money. Well, then I'm certainly doing it for myself instead of for other companies. Cause I've made enough money. I've certainly made enough money for other companies. Yes. Yes. You and me both. You know? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I have to say that I, I have always really, really respected, uh, all the stuff that you've been doing and, and, and then I went back and I saw the gingerbread, yes. the ginger dead, ginger dead series. Man. And then, yes. and then all that went out the window. Yeah. And, and then I said, wow, why <laughs> he's no, he's a sleaze bag. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. No, I got to no, tell actually, you something. I, they, yeah. they are hilarious. They are. I, I have respect <laughs> for this man. Let me just tell you, let me just tell you the story on that. So ginger dead man was a mad TV sketch that I wrote for Mad TV and they passed on because they had done the Snuggle Bear sketch, which was basically <laughs> the same thing. Where right, Snuggle exactly. Bear was killed. Yeah, Snuggle Bear was the... So yeah. they passed on my stupid Ginger Dan Band pitch and, you know, Charlie Band, when I was acting, Charlie Band put me in like 10 movies and I was living in Italy for five years. No matter what anyone ever says about that company, I absolutely love that guy. I never had an issue with him. He always paid me and I, I am forever, did, ever, he, ever... Now he did do all of his stuff in Italy. I know because I yes I was I was here in a, every once in a while I would get a call and I can't remember uh-huh. which one of my friends and you know it's all about your friends right which one of my friends mm-hmm. would have me come on for like two days or something and I would do all these uh, we would do like inserts on like four or five films that all came from Italy. Uh-huh. Right, and we just yeah, it was amazing. It was such an amazing time. I lived there for about five years. I, I went to Spain on um, on Eliminators, and then uh, we were supposed to be there for three weeks, and I was there for three months because it was just <laughs> the production was a disaster. <laughs> Didn't and know, then yeah, because right. I hung in there, he basically said, "Like, listen, I'll give you a part if you can help the production in Italy." So I went to Rome. And then I just didn't leave. He just kept doing movie, movie after movie. So he kept giving me acting parts, and I was helping. I was a coordinator, and it was terrific. So basically, I owed my entire career to Charlie Band for helping me get my SAG card and all this stuff. So years later, after I had directed Power Rangers and all this stuff, I was doing movies, and he wanted me to do a movie for him. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And he was like, Well, what's the stupidest idea you've ever had? I was like, Ginger Dead Man. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, you're filming it in a month. <laughs> I <was> like, All <laughs> right. So I wrote this sketch into a movie that Mad TV had passed on, and I turned to my script, and he was like, okay, you just wrote a $5 million movie. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, All right, how about I buy the idea off you? I was like, that's fine. Like, I didn't really, I honestly did not care about it. Wow. Yeah. So he gave me 500 bucks for the idea, and he, <laughs> he and 
some other guy made the first movie. And as stupid as the movie was, is it made a fortune. Well, you know, so he came back to me and he said, do you want to do part two? And I said, I'll only do part two if it can be really, really, really out there because I don't have any interest in doing this at all. <laughs> and he said, all right. So I wrote the film. He said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to crucify the ginger dead man. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Just like, there was just like dead silence on the other phone. Said, all right. <laughs> Well, I gotta say, all I watched right. all three of We're the first three. We're gonna make that your idea, but yeah, okay. I watched so, the first three, and I gotta say, the second wrote one. A bro- amazing. We basically basically wrote a movie that made fun of him, and he <laughs> loved it. He was laughing harder than anyone. That's awesome. And uh, it was and making fun of him. It was because that was the what he was making fun of was the whole feel of making his films. I mean, it, yeah, you, you could not. He didn't have, care. He was you, laughing. You could not have been more. Um, Los Angeles meta. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, that was LA meta at, at its absolute finest. The, the, uh, the low, the low end of meta. <laughs> and Charles Band was laughing harder than anyone. He was like, yeah, that's, that is it. Yeah. We never have money. And yes, we are always late on paying things. And yes, we don't have crap <laughs> services. Like he, he was great. We, and you know, we had a really, really good time. And, um, a movie, you know, was made for these movies. You have to understand, these movies are made for like maybe forty thousand dollars. So what you have to understand is, even though they're not gone with the wind, the way I look at it, they're pretty fucking good for no money. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like I have to say that I, 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 uh, I kind of like. I guess I was like working on the, the higher end of of. I, I was on the high end of the low end, as it were, uh-huh. <laughs> and and yeah. in looking at these films, I kept uh, I I was just wow. I wish I really wish that I had gotten a chance to work on a, on something like that. I wanted I wanted to be on that stage well, so bad, and it's maybe maybe that's just a deficiency in my um, personality. Well, the thing is, is that I was at. I, Luckily, I had already done a couple of movies where I had proven myself where they were decent. Right. So I didn't care. I did not care because even still to this day, if Charlie Band asked me to do something, I don't care where I'm at in my career. I'm always going to help him because he literally gave me the best life you could ever imagine living in Rome. I lived in Rome for about five years. I lived at the Excelsior Hotel. Oh, my God. He gave us per diem. He gave us per diem. I was making... $800 $800 a week American in the 80s, which was really like $2,000 a week right. back then. Right. And I was 17 years old. It's like, I just, you know, God. the guy, when, the guy, when he has money, he's unbelievably generous. Like, you just, you're just so happy. And he's just, you know, he's just a, a hopeless optimist who just doesn't see, no, there's no such thing as bad news. He's just like, oh, we'll get over it. We'll make it work. <laughs> I just love him. I love him so much. Oh, that's so cool. And and can yeah. I, can I ask you about something else I've been really curious about is you have sure. a strange affection. You, you almost cut my head off one time when I uh, made a comment about Disney. Um, so yeah. <laughs> see, even the way that you said that right there, you have to tell me your love affair with Disney. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, not to go too dark on you, but I was I did not have a great childhood. And uh, most of my childhood was spent searching for moments where I could breathe. I was basically like a put to work at 10 and, and 
and spent a lot of time uh, hiding from my father, and I had a, a rough time. And, 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 and going to Disneyland and watching Disney films was a huge, huge um, breath for me, a moment for me, in the moments that I could get away from all that. And so I grew up with a huge infinity for that company, and I always wanted to work for them. So um, once I started directing Power Rangers, I ended up getting a contract with the Fox Family Channel, and the Fox Family Channel was ultimately absorbed, absorbed into by, uh, the Walt Disney Company. Right, exactly. Okay. And um, yeah, and so because I had produced so much for Fox Family and for Saban, I was hired as a um, a freelance producer for them, and. Those it, and it was just such an amazing dream come true for me because I really loved the escapism that that Disney provides for a lot of children. Um, as much as it seems cliche and sort of you know kind of eye rolling for some of you know I'm I'm bitter as they go, but for me <laughs> as a child, it made me believe that there was somehow a happy ending when things were not good. So. I love that company. They, for many years, up until a couple of years ago, uh, for many years gave me an insanely uh, awesome life. I was paid really well. I directed about three or four hundred things for them in the last ten years, um, and uh, I have a huge, huge dedication and love. Uh, just for the company. It's mostly just like I said, from when I was younger and um, sort of being able to escape from what was going on in my personal life as a child. Yeah. Um, I have a huge infinity for it. I get it that a lot of people think it's a joke and that it's a giant cash register. And I can tell you firsthand that it is a giant cash register. <laughs> but, but it's one of the most awesomely run companies that I've ever worked for. And even in my own silly things that I do pers privately, I still, I try my best to use their protocol because it is why, it is why they're the best, you know? Yeah. They are no, the best. It's, no, their, their, their quality is amazing. I mean, and, and not, not only their quality, but their qualities are amazing. Right. You know, I mean, mean like, they, I'll give you an example. They have a TV movie that is the biggest, one of the biggest TV movies of all time called The Descendants. And they shot the movie a couple years ago and the way they are so organized like they I, I won't I won't bore your listeners with too much details but basically like they have such a giant machine that they know how to pick the bones of that project in every single way there's sing-along videos there are dance choreography <laughs> no, that's, videos that's that merchandising there Merchan are commercials there <laughs> they are amazing it's merchandising. amazing it's it's truly amazing <laughs> when you go to produce for them and you do a commercial and they give you a packet of, they have, they're like, it's like happy Hanukkah from the descendants, happy <laughs> Easter from the descendants, <laughs> That's so happy 4th of July. Oh my God. It's a summer spectacular from the descendants. <laughs> like they're so smart, you know, and they are. Uh, I'm so, I'm so inspired by uh, the way they operate. I have just tremendous respect for them. So I'm sorry if I bit your head off, but I'm a oh, nerd, yeah, I'm a Disney yeah, nerd. And, you, you, you know, know. So, Bill, I, I think that you know that I totally, I totally love and respect you. You, 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 and Kate are are a couple of my 
dearest friends. I mean, totally. I just I uh, love Kate you. so much too. <laughs> I'm so mad she's in New York. I never get to see her. Yeah, really. I mean, was she going and getting married and all that stuff. Uh. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> no so, comment. So, um. I didn't really know this until I started to uh, check uh, that you've been killed by a lot of people. Yes, I have. Yes, <laughs> and he's an excellent screamer too. And and and, and Kurt Kurt yes. told me that I'm very proud of that that he thinks he really respects your scream. Yes, I mean chainsaw, <laughs> well, for example. I don't know what to say, Kurt, that's a, you can at least buy me dinner first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the armadillo alone—that scene right there. Yeah, yeah, the armadillo. That oh, scream oh, was, was the most amazing, amazing scream. Yeah. I'm like, now, did let me you tell you something about. Let me tell you some. Let me tell you something about. Ouch. Let me tell you something about that armadillo. That armadillo had a better trailer than both Kate and I. Everybody was talking <laughs> was, about that. Wow. Yeah, everybody was yeah. talking about that. Is that? Yeah, that. So cute. And then they put the little drop of blood on his nose. I didn't think. Oh, I didn't think I was going to be able to get through the scene. It was so <laughs> sad. I think they sedated him, didn't they? To make yeah, him go something, to sleep or... something like that. You know, it's it's like God. I, I just remember. You know that there were there were two things that uh, I definitely remember that people kept talking about, like through the whole making of the show. And uh, uh-huh. the one of them was the armadillo, and the other was the arm when the when the chainsaw went through the tree and we were watching it in dailies and there was this arm gag that was supposed to happen. So the arm was supposed yeah. to be flailing and they did it with a mechanical <laughs> arm and it didn't flail. Oh, right. It, yeah, yeah. Remember it just hung in. You remember that everybody started to greet each other that same way. Like they'd put their, they put their arm out yeah, straight out like a, and then just let their hands swing. Dummy, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> just let their yeah. hands swing. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> But oh that and the God. armadillo seem to be the uh, major topics of uh, discussion. Armadillo. And then they shamelessly, they shamelessly put, like, fishing wire on the armadillo's foot to make it, like, kick because it was so knocked out. <laughs> That's that it wouldn't right. <laughs> I remember. You know, the, you know the thing that drives me crazy about that scene is when I'm picking up the rock, you can see me squishing the rock. It's like a spongy <laughs> yeah, rock. Yeah, right. You can see me, like... <laughs> Squeezing it, like what the hell was? What the hell is this? <laughs> I was so pissed because uh, earlier that day, I was in. I think we had production offices in Valencia, correct? We, yeah, we were up in Valencia somewhere. Yeah, and I went for a fitting for something, and I was in the getting. We had already been filming. I, I don't know why I was. For some reason, I was. Maybe it was meeting, I think it was meeting with the publicist, Janice, I think her name was. Yeah, right. And I was in the office, and I heard Bob Engelman in the production office say to one of the other publicists, um, listen, we, you know, we, there's not that big of a cast, and uh, William Butler is killed off at about page 50. From, and from what I can tell, that seems to be a blessing in disguise. So don't worry about uh, interviewing him too much. Oh! And I, was, I overheard him. And I oh, my God. And was like, <laughs> what? And he's like, oh, hey, buddy. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bob, Bobby Eagleman had this way of, like, of turning things around. Like, oh! Yeah, hi. We were, you know, Bob would be the guy that would be go. Hey, we were just talking about you. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know how how I am. I said, well, I guess it's lucky for me that this company's too fucking cheap to recast me. So I guess you better find something you like, buddy. (laughs) Find something you you like in the performance. Hey, and you know what? We've killed you before, so... Yeah, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> and he was one of the best actors. I gotta good. say that. But yeah, he was. He was one of the better actors in that movie. Story. Yeah, there's some some terrible ones. <laughs> but no, oh, I won't mention yeah, names. No, yeah, I won't mention yeah, names. No, but no, he was yeah. he was the best. Who I want to know? Who? Yeah. <laughs> who do you think was Who do you think was worse? Well, for one, I think I I didn't think Viggo Mortensen was was. Oh, he didn't care about that movie. We were roommates. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. He, we were roommates. You could we tell he didn't care about that movie. Why don't we just go past well, that? He was we were roommates, roommates at the time, <laughs> and he had, he was already kind of getting famous. Yeah, and um, you know he helped he helped me during my rehearse, and and then uh, I got the part somehow. I got the I had absolutely no heart. They had they auditioned everyone in town for that, and I just was like I could not believe it. I heard. <laughs> I heard later. I heard from later from Jeff Burr that Bob Engelman said he's like Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> you can't afford Michael J. Fox to put him in the movie because he looks like Michael J. Fox. And how, how did you like so, working anyway, with? How did you like working with Jeff? I love it. Oh I love Jeff. Awesome. Jeff. I, Jeff to me was the the thing about Jeff was to me he was kind of like me in a way because he was just super casual. And didn't seem to oh, fit. Yeah. Didn't seem about, to fit in Hollywood at all. Oh, talk about beat down! They were so mean to him. Yeah, they and really he was, were. <laughs> he was literally, literally, in all the times that I've been in Hollywood, he's literally like one of the only real artist directors that I think I've ever worked with. He really is a real director. Yeah, right. And they just busted his chops. They busted his chops every day. You know, you were there. It was oh, yeah. horrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, watching them beat him down. Well, the, the thing is, is they always seem to give him two instructions at the same time. And here's the thing, and I really blame Bob on this, is Bob had that way of, of telling you to do two completely different things at the same time and, and making it sound reasonable you, you know, well, it, he flip flop in a he yeah. flip flop in a second. If right. somebody said something, he put he would flip flop in the in a you know, sentence. He, he would flip flop. He's a, he's a very 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 good producer, but he is not a director's producer. I think yeah, we can no, all agree on that. No, like, I, I I'm agreeing, you know, especially because I I he's terrifically I did blade with him talented. and and he was. Uh, yeah, he he left out the hang you know, that. It's, you know? it's business. The business is like. You know, the thing about show business is it not only tolerates bad behavior, it oftentimes rewards it. Oh, so, you know, everybody oh, t- everybody tol- has their way of working. Toleration is not the thing at all. Honestly, you, you know, the thing is, is it, it exacerbates it. And, and let me tell you, when I was working on Blade, this is exactly what Bob said to me uh, about halfway through. It was, Blade was the worst knockdown drag out fight I had ever been on and the director was an incredible asshole and 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 just you know he just <laughs> he just loved bad behavior he's the one that Sean Connery just about um neutered on the stage right and uh-huh. and the thing is 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 Bob told me this theory one time he says the best films that I've ever done were were shit fights and yeah, 
Yeah. And, and yeah, and, that's like, like I'm saying. Like that's that's like I'm saying. Like it it didn't matter to me if Bob liked me. It's just we all have our process. Right. Just, <laughs> well, the thing, the problem is the shit hits the fan. I think sometimes that at a certain point, I, I think at a certain point though, he started to want to do to start the shit fight himself. <laughs> and then, right. you right, know, right. which, which kind of, it's funny, you know, one of, that bothered me. <laughs> some of my, some of my favorite things about directing are the first few days when everyone's arriving performers anyway. And I get to figure out how everybody works and every single actor works in a completely different way. Some people rip their pages out and they only know their lines. Some people need to know why the carpeting is blue in their apartment and do they drink coffee. Exactly. And some people, you know, have to remain in character. It's my favorite, favorite part of the process. And so sometimes for artists, for true artists, when you're lucky enough to work with true artists, sometimes that volatile situation is inevitable as long as the product the end product is terrific it doesn't matter how everyone gets there well there you go um let's see what uh, uh, so so you love the, you love working with kate uh, uh yeah i think joe unger is brilliant oh yeah um yeah. oh i was gonna tell you so vigo and i so i got the part and vigo was helping me run lines i was getting really scared i had many many lines i'm really slow at studying <laughs> And then he kept saying, well, who's playing Tex? Who's playing Tex? I said, I don't know. So I called Annette Benson, yeah, and, the casting director. Right, Annette Benson, right. And she, and she said there had been, it had already been cast. And so I said, oh, okay, well, Vigo's interested in reading for it. I don't know. And at that point, he, I think he had already done some like cool things. So it was kind of a step down for him or a lateral, right. a lateral, lateral move. Lateral move, yeah, right. Yeah. And um, as it turned out, the guy who had been cast as Tex booked a car commercial that they were doing like 20 spots and it was like a year long thing and he was making like 10 times the money that, you know, any of us got. Right. So he, he quit. He bailed on the thing, on the movie. So I told Vigo and Vigo went in and had a meeting and they cast him. And it was so awesome because me and Kate and Vigo would drive to work every day out to Valencia. In the same car? Clean as a whistle. <laughs> what? In the same car all together? In same in the same car, oh, in great. Kate's car, and we would drive out there as clean as a whistle. We would come to work. They'd throw dirt in our face and spray us with blood, and uh, and we would work, and then we would drive back to Hollywood covered in blood and dirt. <laughs> and uh, There are a couple of pictures that I've seen. Was the, uh, it was the best time. Oh, there are a couple of pictures of you guys uh, that, I, that I've seen before. Uh, one particularly uh, of Kate, to, where all you can see is her smile at night because she is yeah. so like in blackface. Yeah, like yeah. she's almost like in blackface. You can't because covered she in blood. So got so much blood on her. <laughs> I know it was horrible. We would drive home that way. We're just like, I am not showering, and I think we had troubles with it. We had troubles with the Teamsters. I think at a certain point they're putting gasoline in our in our water in the trailers. Oh and, wow. Uh, we weren't allowed to like bathe or wash our faces or anything. So we would just be caked in dirt and blood and just Ugh. drive home and be like, Oh God. Well, it I, was crazy. I, I have to say that I loved you in that. I, I, 
I, I, I, I totally love you and your work and everything. And what I wanted to ask is, so what are you doing now, buddy? Because I know that you're, uh, you're hard at it. Yes. Um, so uh, in around, um, I would say, 1998, I got really tired of auditioning. And, um, you know, the truth of the matter is I, I, I was a writer at National Lampoon, and um, I had written a ton of stuff. And I, I just, you know, I just decided to shift gears and start writing more. And I, one thing led to another, and I just started writing movies. And somehow I managed to bamboozle my way into writing and directing my own project. Yeah. And uh, uh, I have done, like, about 10 or 11 films since then, and I do larger stuff i'll do smaller stuff i do short films i do music videos and i just i absolutely love it i'm really happy and in the last couple of years um i've started just doing projects myself where i've managed to find a um a credit line where i am able to do um you know moderately budgeted film projects uh and i'm doing kind of i'm launching a family label so i just recently completed uh my babysitter, the superhero, with uh, Miley Flanagan yeah, I, from Disney. Now, I, 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 I want to see that uh, as soon as it happens. I, I, I've been following you on it, and uh, and and, yeah. and and of it's course, cool. you know, if there's any any chance in the future that you need um, an old fat guy to come design a bunch of crap for you. <laughs> Well, that's if I, that's if I don't do the part myself. Well, hey, <laughs> listen. Now that I'm not now that I'm not in front of the camera, like I eat pizza when I want to eat. Yeah, it. So, you know, like I was funny tonight. I, earlier tonight, I was like eating salad, and then I looked in the fridge. I was like, oh, there's pizza left over in there. I was like, eh, I don't have to be on camera. I'm going to eat that pizza now. So. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, but uh, so anyway, so yeah, I did that, and I'm about to do uh, the three bears and the perfect gift in. Spring, and then I'm doing a Hallmark movie in the summer called A Wedding for St. Nick. So I'm completely happy. I'm so content with um, with the way I've steered my life. I feel so, so happy. I cannot even tell you because you know as well as I do that life in Los Angeles is never what you expect of it and only what you make of it. It's so, so true. I, just, I mean, I just... I, you know, I, I, I moved up to be with my grandchildren and to kind of, uh, you know, get, get, get out of the way and, uh, ha- have the ability to have enough money. <laughs> One thing about yes. living in LA is the amount of money that is required to do that hurts. I know it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's absolutely crazy. I'm, I'm, uh, I was living in a really large house when I was directing commercials and I just, I was miserable, so I was like, I'm going to get an apartment. I want a tiny apartment, and I moved to Van Nuys. It's still $2,300 a month for a tiny apartment. Oh, so, so crazy. <laughs> I, I re- it is nuts. So I recently was like, screw it. I'm going big again. I just got a house. I'm going to move in um, actually next Thursday. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, you, you, uh, you're, you're moving here. And in fact, it, I am. You, you were saying, I, I, I want to thank you so much for actually uh, following up and giving us this interview, even though I know that you're trying to get stuff together to get out of your house. Oh, no. I, you know, I really, really, uh, for one, I have gigantic respect for your tremendous talent. And also the fact that you uh, understand that I'm being funny and not an asshole on my Facebook page—that—that—that's that, <laughs> major bonus point. Because not everyone is in on the 
Not everyone's in on the joke. Oh, I, I think that you know I'm in on your joke. I'm in on your joke. <laughs> yeah, hideous I'm human being. You're a hideous human being. But I am. But, I'm in a very God, I love you. <laughs> joke pony. So I'm an exhausted show pony. <laughs> there you go. So, Kurt, you got any questions for this guy before we let him go? I got a question for both of you guys. Oh, sure. Because I know you guys have crossed paths more than once, not right. more than just Leatherface. So right. I, as a listener and a fan, obviously, and part of your podcast, right. <laughs> I kind of want to tie yeah. you guys together and find out more about other projects you've worked on. Well, y- y- you know what? We, when you've run into each other. We have to take, I'd have to take a look at everything that he, Freddy's Nightmares. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I couldn't even remember this, that somebody had said that you, sh- that you were on Freddy's Nightmares with me. And I don't know because that, I was on that show was I was on Freddy, Freddy's Nightmares and it was so um, fast <laughs> that I barely remember being on it to be honest with you. Oftentimes, I thought we would be rehearsing and we were actually shooting. So yeah, well, um, that's, yes, I was on it. Well, we did like three hundred eighty. Uh, we did three hundred and thirty sets in eight months, and uh, yeah, and, and I have and I have to tell you. And we did every weird ass imaginable thing that you could even dream up. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember any of that show. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I was in an episode that involved claustrophobia, and to be perfectly honest with you, I could not even tell you what I did. I just yeah, know well, that I believe me. I, wor- I worked on it too, and I couldn't tell you a thing about it. That <laughs> one of the things, yeah, I, one of the things it I, happened so fast. I got there. It was at Cal State Northridge. I do remember we were filming there. Right. And um, I got there, and I'm, I'm not kidding. When I say to you, I would oftentimes think we were rehearsing, and they go, okay, moving on. I'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> that it sounds going that fast. Well, that sounds like that show. On, well, you know, we were, were rocking they shooting those... on 16 on that show. Was what? I feel like they were shooting on 16 millimeter. Yeah, we were shooting show. 16. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, we were shooting 16. Yeah, yep, I do remember. Yeah, you, me and Stuart Fratkin. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that show was just absolutely a a blur in my life. I think the only thing that I really, really stuck out as being memorable on that show was uh, working the first episode with Toby Hooper, and and yes. and having Toby Hooper explain what he wanted to me in a room. Oh, God. Where, that, that, I bet that's oh my God. you'll never forget. Oh, my God. It was the yeah. weirdest experience of my life, and I remember yeah. him walking out and, and, and walking out after 45 minutes because that was the amount of time that we had to go over the show, and, and, at, uh-huh. and after 45 minutes, I was still waiting for him to finish the first sentence that he had started, and I think... I <laughs> have you yeah. have you have you ever wrote, have you ever for, talked with the guy? I was uh, my writing partner and I were hired to write for him for about a year and a half, and I got to tell you <laughs> that I have never been so dumbfounded in all of my life hearing him talk about the so, things uh, that you he know, wanted. What, the, the, we, 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 I need to get the, if I it, it, we'll get the yeah. camera. Uh, um, and he the, told me one time. He told me one time we were writing this zombie thing, and he told me, "Yeah, and the zombies, the zombies walk in the room, and and everybody in the room, uh, these coiled up red ribbons start falling from their <laughs> eyes and they're glowing in the room." 
And I was sitting there, and you know how I am. I just, like, you can read my face. Right. Like, it's not hard. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, wanting to, like, flip the table over and leave. I'm like, what the fuck what is this guy talking about? <laughs> but I will tell you a very, very, very good Toby Hooper story that you will love. Okay. So, after we navigated this nonsense of ribbons falling from people's eyes and all his crazy notions about zombies, we finally got a screenplay... Uh, that he liked, and we went to Lakeshore Movies, Lakeshore whatever it is, pictures, and we were pitching the movie, and as Aaron and I were pitching the movie, the 23-year-old production executive said to Toby, well, what's your vision of this project? (laughs) And then Toby was like stroking his beard, and he goes, what's my vision of this movie? Well... My vision of this movie is when I'm done, you cocksuckers are back in a dump truck full of cash up to your bank. That's my vision. What's your fucking vision? He loved to use that line. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, one, time he, one time he was with me and uh, Aaron. This is so horrible. I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm going to. He's passed away, right? Yes. Yes, we don't have to okay. worry about anymore. So now that he's now that he's dead, I can tell you. Right. Well, the fans are going to hate me for this, but one time he told me we were working with him, and we were. I told him about the whole when when I was in Night of the Living Dead, they were they would kind of freak us out. You know, you have to understand this is in the nineties. We were filming Night of the Living Dead, and they would kind of freak us out before takes. They would be like, "Imagine this this zombie virus is kind of like the AIDS virus." And at the time, nobody knew what it was. So right. he said, you know, the, direct, the director said, you kind of, you have to look at that kind of panic where it's like, you don't know what it is. Right. It wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad direction. It was a good direction. So I told Toby, Toby that this had been said to us about like, you know, yeah. you know, it's kind of an analogy for an, it being infected with something anyway, is what, basically what they were trying to tell us. Right. Exactly. And then Toby Hooper, Toby Hooper tells me, if I could have my way, I'd have every faggot put on an island and I'd blow it up with a nuclear bomb. <laughs> well, so Aaron and I are, that's Aaron and I are driving home after the, after the meeting. He's like, so do you hate Toby Hooper now? I'm like, yeah, you know. Yeah, well, you know. When you know you gonna... are, not really. I not, mean, you know, I kind of get where you're coming certainly, from. Certainly. Hey, listen, let's face it. You and I have certainly worked with directors who were worse. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I would rate him a seven at worst, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I'm like, Toby, yeah, him blowing up every gay people, and if you, as bad as that sounds, I've actually worked with work. Yes, <laughs> me too. You know, I mean, Tom Sizemore threw... Tom Sizemore threw a lit butane heater at me, oh. you know? It's like, oh. it, it, it could get worse than that. Yeah, well, uh, you know, that that's, anyway. that's a whole other series of stories of th- thing horrible things <laughs> yes. horrible things directors have done to us right oh yeah hollywood hollywood bitch 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 right <laughs> no not so, not so much that but you know we artists we you know we're not for everyone like no, you know we just are fucked up it, it, so. <laughs> and and i've often said that you you, you know i i think that uh after a while after a while I started to believe my own press 
And, and at that point, I thought that yeah. then I'm worthless. You know, so if you're working in Hollywood, yeah. you start to believe your own. You start to yeah. believe the person that you had become. Then you, you got to move yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I always, I always, always, always have my father sitting on my shoulder, whispering into my ear. You fool them. You're fooling you, them. How are you fooling <laughs> them? My dad, my, so, my, honest to God, Bill, I'm not kidding you. My dad, every time that I saw my dad, and I never got along that well with him, but every time that I would see him, he would say, so are you still fooling them? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> The exactly, same words. Exactly. You and I had dads that told oh, when us. When are you going to get a, I would be like, I'm starring in Friday the 13th, part seven. Uh-huh. When are you getting a real job? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my God. My dad what? told me. You should be a phone operator at Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery <laughs> because Wars. that you can handle. That you can right. handle. You know, you get good benefits with that kind of a job. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. My my grandmother said uh, when I when I got cast in something, my gra- my grandmother told my brother, "Well, he doesn't look anything like the people in my soap operas, so <laughs> I don't know how he's going to make a living." <laughs> oh well. Turns out she was right. No, yeah, well, yeah. Anyway. There you go. There you go. Well, buddy, well, hey, listen. Thank you guys for having me. Listen, this is uh, this has really been a blast. Um, I, I sort of got, you yeah. know, in, in six months or so, I'm going to grab you again and just uh, see what you're doing then. And oh, you, for sure. And you tell me about it. So uh, anything. For sure, that- for sure. And you know what? Seriously, thank you so much. And I know you don't know me very well, but I am a gigantic fan of your work. I think you're tremendous. I'm tremendously influenced by all of the, um, the amazing texture that you were able to add to all those projects. And I'm, I'm positive that you did not have a lot of money doing it. <laughs> I know, um, it's true. So I am a fan of yours actually. Oh, so thank I you very actually, much. And, um, and you know that hate, that is I, reciprocated. And I'm a fan of both okay, of yours. Okay, thank you. So you I know. absolutely hate doing interviews, but when you ask, you are the first person that I would absolutely say yes to. Oh, so, thank you so, so much, buddy. Thank you both. Okay. Thank you both. Hey, listen, you have a great evening, okay, buddy? Thank you, you too. Okay, man, bye. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Along with Mick Strong, this is Kurt Thomas with the Dream Warrior Review. As always, you can reach out to us on email at dreamwarriorreview at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at DW Review. We'll see you next time.